Good morning. Welcome to Living Well class. We are uh, in our Onward Christian Soldier series. In fact, we're wrapping up the series such that this week is review. Now, to make it fun, we're going to do it in a fashion of a quiz. So if you haven't been here for a lot of the review, well, then you, you might not do very well on some of the quiz questions that are specific to, to like, well, what I said in my handout instead of, you know, the way the Bible says it exactly. So, so, but that's okay. This is actually an okay thing because you're going to get in one class kind of the highlights or at least something from a lot of different classes as we go. So we've got Bill, is Paulette with you there, Bill? Okay, so, so we can have two teams for our quiz, okay? Bill and Paulette, you guys are going to be one team. Okay, the Zoom group is one team, and then the, the rest of us here live, not me, but, but the rest of y'all here can be the other team. All right, so Gail, you can be our scorekeeper here. All right, if you get a question right, that's a point. And then the other team can steal if you get a question wrong. Uh, but then the questions will switch every time. All right, so we're going to review... 19 weeks worth of Onward Christian Soldier Series lessons, okay? So you guys ready for this? Should be fun. By the way, pickleball was really fun. Um, we had a blast at pickleball. Everybody who went wants to do it as often as we can. So I think we'll try to set up another pickleball uh, event for us, and maybe that could become a regular thing. So super fun. All right, so you can use your Bibles, okay, to answer these questions. All right, let's give it a try. We'll let the Zoom people go first. So Bill and Paula, this is your question. Okay, here's your question. We're talking about week one, which was the faith of Grandma Lois, if you remember that. Okay, here's, here's the question. Grandma Lois had a faith that was what? Unchallenged, unfeigned, under submission, or untested? So, Will, we need to turn them up so we can hear their answer. So, yeah, just unmute you guys there and, uh, and then tell us what you think. Unfeigned. Paulette says unfeigned. Yes, unfeigned. Second Timothy 1.5 says that when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith, that was first in Grandma Lois, then Eunice, and then also in Timothy. And so we talked about that in week one, if you remember, unfeigned. So, Gail, they get a point. The Zumbies get one. So it's one to nothing, the Zumbies. Okay. We talked about unfeigned means it's not fake. Remember that? Not fake. So the, the, the grandma and, and mom, Eunice, they came to church and they acted one way. Then they went out in public and they acted the same way. Then they went home and they acted the same way. Not that they didn't have different tasks or even different roles, but they didn't act one way in front of one group of friends and then act in a dissimilar way at work. I didn't use vulgarity when I'm working with the guys on the deck, but then I don't when I come and I sit in the Living Well Fellowship. Does this make sense? 
if we act dissimilar like that because we're afraid that maybe people won't like us, then we have a feigned or a fake faith. The Bible calls that dissimulation. And what happens is, is you don't have a visible faith. So I can see your faith because you come here and act all faithy. But then if on the case you act like the world, no one sees your faith. They can't see it because it's not evident. So, uh, so Grandma Lois had an unfeigned faith. Okay, well, let's, let's try the next one. This is you guys' question. Okay, this is from week two, putting people in remembrance. Blank can make us forget spiritual reality. Now, this is like, what did we talk about on week two? Okay, this is, so maybe yeah. some of those answers would be right. But which is the one that we covered? Blank can make us forget spiritual reality. Blessings, fear, faith, or the word of God? What do you guys think? We got two fears. Okay, we're going to go with that because that is the right answer. Fear can make us forget spiritual reality. Paul tells Timothy, so it's one to one. You guys are good students. Okay, well, uh, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee, uh, that is in you, in thee, by the putting on of my hands. Okay, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. So fear can make us forget spirituality and, and the, you know, you can fear man. Like I'm afraid that maybe people won't be pleased with me. Okay, so I fear man. Or maybe God won't be pleased with me. I can fear God. Which, which am I going to do? Because you can't do both. So the fear of man can make us forget spiritual reality. Okay. All right. So, Bill and Paulette, this is you guys' question. Good morning, everybody coming in late. We are doing a review. A review of what we've covered. You missed Grandma Lois. Okay, you, you missed Grandma Lois. I know we would have got that one right. Bill and Paulette, this is your question. We have within us the spirit of power, love, and of a blank. Is it a sound heart, joy, peace, or a sound mind? Sound mind. Sound mind. That was too easy for you guys. Okay, that is correct. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. All right. It is now two to one. Bill and Paulette are beating the rest of the class in the review quiz. Okay. All right, so you guys ready? You guys are a team. Everybody here is a team, and this is your question. All right, the spirit within us. These are some notes, okay, from the handout that week. We talked about a spirit of love, where love is our motivation, okay? Love is what motivates us to do what we do. We have a spirit of power that's been given to us for a purpose, there are Christians in churches who focus on the power that they have, but they focus on the manifestation of it. Look, here's a supernatural evidence of my salvation. I'm going to speak in tongues. 
look, I had this dream and it's clearly of God. And let me tell you how I'm, I'm supernaturally gifted in this way. And they focus on some manifestation instead of the purpose of the power. We talked about that way back then. And then we talked about a spirit of a sound mind. So in terms of that, that's our question. The spirit of a sound mind, the idea is that our mind is not what? Not easily controlled, easily moved, e easily saddened, or easily invaded. We got a B. Is that the consensus? This is, uh, what do you guys think? A sound mind. It's like a sober mind. All right. All right, we got three votes for moved. That is correct. A sound mind is not easily moved. COVID doesn't move my sound mind. I don't lose my mind because I lost my job. I don't lose my mind because the elections. Uh, okay, I don't lose my mind because the Chiefs are playing this afternoon. I, I have a sound mind. The, the spirit that is within me is of love. It's of power and it's a sound mind. Spiritual attacks come. They come every weekend, right, Will? Hey, what, what is going on? Oh, yeah, I forgot. Spiritual attack. Every time I get ready to move forward in my faith, my life falls apart. Yes. Okay, but don't lose your mind because you lost your job. Okay, does that make sense? All right, Bill. So it's two to two. No one's missed anything yet. I did get some hard ones at the end because I thought if everybody remembers and gets them all right, it'll be a tie. So. Okay, week four, we talked about being strong, okay? So this is Bill and Paulette. Here's some notes from that day. God repeatedly encourages his people to be strong. Now, to be strong means to be enabled. It means to be empowered. It's not just the guy that goes to the gym every day and has big muscles, but he's never actually worked a day in his life. He couldn't work all day if he had to. He's never done it. No, to be strong is to be empowered to do what we need to do. So ministry is hard. So quit. No. So complain. No. So turn away. No. So be strong. Because what we have to do requires empowerment. It requires strength. So here's the deal. Desire blank not a lighter load. What was it that we talked about? The desire an army, bigger muscles, a sword, or easy lives? Well, Bill and Paulette, this is yours. We desire bigger muscles. We desire bigger muscles. Correct. That's right. Listen, get equipped. All right, so... Wagi, I use karate sometimes as an illustration for this, all right? Karate, someone punching 
at you, someone kicking at you, someone trying to harm you. That's a really, really hard situation, isn't it? Well, maybe. How trained are you? Okay, the illustration I give is that this poor kid gets signed up by his parents to go to, the, go to karate class. So this kid has no idea what to expect. He walks into the dojo the first day and, and gets introduced to his karate uh, sensei. As soon as his parents leave, this guy just punches him right in the face, punches this kid right in the face. Not hard enough to injure him, but I mean, it's still a punch in the face. I'm not saying this is a good instructor, okay? The kid goes home, just whining to his parents. Ah, so bad, so hard. But his parents are like, no, listen, we paid in advance. We got the 10% discount by paying for six months. You're going back. The next day, the kid walks in, and, and what happens? He gets punched in the face. The third day, the kid comes in. He knows what to expect. And by this time, he's learned to block. Okay, so he comes in, and he blocks. Then his instructor kicks him. Right in the belly. Not hard enough to injure him. Okay, until he learns to block, until he learns to stand, until he learns to defend himself. Well, now it's no longer hard. He's just getting equipped. Well, we take punches. We learn the hard way most of the time. But we just need to get equipped. We don't need to try to just complain about it. We need to learn how to deal with it. We need bigger muscles, not a lighter load. Okay, week six, we talked about making disciples. Okay. It's you guys' question now here in the live. This is from the notes. Okay, this is a lot. I apologize. But we talked about 2 Timothy 2.2, okay, in this week. And what we saw here is that 2 Timothy 2.2, the mission... And the method of the mission are seen in the four different generations of teachers in 2 Timothy 2.2. The things that thou hast received of me, that's two of them, Paul, Timothy, commit to faithful men, there's three, who shall be able to teach others also, four generations. And in that, we see the mission that God gave us as the church to mm-hmm. make disciples, but we also see the method teach faithful men, okay, women, teach faithful women who will do what? Who will teach others also? So Gail and I are co-discipling right now. This faithful man who I got to just simply take the things that I received, commit them to Gail. Gail is now taking those things and committing them to a faithful man who's been through COD, okay, He is now committed to be a part of this, and we're just committing the things we've received to him, and it's that simple. Okay, it's simple, right? It takes everything we got to fight this battle. What battle? Okay, here's the battle, ready? Win your neighbor to Christ, and then disciple him or her. It's that simple of a formula, but to do that takes everything we've got. Amen? Anyone know what I'm talking about? How are you doing moving forward in your faith? Well, it just seems like it's a battle. Yes, it is. Okay. Here's the cool thing, though. 
the mission is this simple. Take the people that are around you, evangelize, prayerfully, tearfully. If the Bible's true and souls are eternal, and most people aren't reconciled to God because they're blind to the truth, if that's really true, then we have to be prayerful, we have to be tearful, but the, the mission itself is a simple one. Evangelize. Those that respond, disciple them. So Wagi got to, to lead Dan to the Lord. Like you presented the gospel, Nick prayed with him, but now you're discipling him. That is the mission. That's it. Okay, so, so what's I have to do with our quiz? Well, Souls are at stake. The enemy's fighting. All these churches all over the place are full of really good people. But that's not the mission, to be a good person and to attend a weekly service. The mission, we must reproduce this disciple-making ministry personally and corporately the best we can. Okay, now, one thing that we looked at was doing this, having this simple understanding of the mission that God's given us. Okay, this is why you're on the planet, is to evangelize and then disciple. Like, well, I, I have to get discipled myself first. Yes, yes, do that. Right, don't, don't stop doing that. Okay, now this protects us, this simple formula protects us from elitist cliques causing Division in the body through sectarianism. It protects us against the Pharisees who say the only way you can be right with God is to go through me because I'm your authority. See, I'm an expert in what the Bible says. You're not. That makes me your authority. And unless you come in and believe my particular, maybe weird <laughs> doctrinal stance, you can't be right with God. Watch out for that guy. The Gnostics, you know what the Gnostics say? If you really want to know what's going on in this passage, then come to my Bible study because I've got insights that no one else, oh yeah, no. The things you've heard among many witnesses, just commit that to someone else. That's the whole mission, right? Okay, this group says, get linked into me and my politics by backing the winners the right side. The question is, what's going to go in that blank? Is this you guys' question? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then finally, the zealots. The zealots say this. Don't worry about right and wrong. Worry about how strong you feel. Mm -hmm. Wrong is right if we feel strongly enough. It's okay to riot and loot if we've been offended. No, it's not, actually. Keep, keep that fire in the fireplace, okay? Yes, have a fire in your soul, but let's keep it contained. All right, so what goes in the blank? Which group is it? The ascetics, Herodians, Sadducees, or Anabaptists? All right, Herodians is you guys' guess there? Herodians is correct. Yeah, these guys wanted to be connected politically more than they wanted to just do what the Lord had him to do. You guys remember that though? You remember how a simple understanding of evangelism and discipleship protects us against 
the craziness that's out there. This was present in Christ's day. It's present in, in churches today because this is what's in the heart of men. People want to, to do that. Okay, what's the score, Gail? We're tied up. Tied up. Score's tied up. It's the Glossers versus everybody. And it's tied. Okay. Week seven, endure hardness. So, by the way, you can in turn, turn to Ephesians 6 if you want to just kind of follow along. And we're not really doing teaching like, because uh, this is all review. But Ephesians 6, oh, I'm sorry, we're st we'll get to Ephesians 6 in the next one. And this last one, endure hardness. Okay, therefore, my son, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Um, so, this is still, sorry, I jumped ahead. This is 2 Timothy 2.2. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same. Commit that a faithful man who shall be able to teach others also. Our simple mission, which takes you everything you've got, which takes me everything I've got to fulfill. It's the work of a lifetime. And that's what we do. It's going to be hard in the next verse. Verse 3 says, Thou therefore, my son, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So we should expect hardness because of the spiritual battle. So, so here's number three. Here's the question. What goes in the blank? Blank hardness, do not blank hardness. So expect hardness, do not exempt hardness. Endure hardness, do not escape hardness. Love hardness, do not hate hardness. Embrace hard, hardness, do not expect hardness. All right, Glossers. Endure hardness, do not escape hardness. Da, da, da. You guys are rock stars. Okay, that is correct. And with that, the glossers pull ahead by one. Okay, now we're, we moved from 2 Timothy 1, Grandma Lois, and that faith, what kind of faith can be passed down to 2 Timothy 2, where it's about us to make disciples. And then we moved in our series to Ephesians chapter 6. And the first week was an Ephesians overview. Okay, and then we just got into the armor of God a little bit. But in terms of an Ephesians overview, so chapters 1 through 3, we are in Christ. That's a positional reality. In Ephesians, chapters 4 and 5, that's Christ in us. So I don't know if you understand that or remember that. But I am in Christ. There is a spiritual reality in which I'm seated in heavenly places. You are seated in heavenly places. We are a part of Christ in him who is outside of time, who is not toiling under the sun. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And there's a positional reality that's really kind of a done deal. We're in Christ. The devil doesn't have to like it. We, we are separated from this world spiritually. Okay. Well, then Christ is in us also, we see in chapters 4 and 5. Now, listen. So, so you're going to go out, you're going to go to your workplace, you're going to go to your home, you're going to go to your neighborhood, and guess what? When you go to those places, who do you take with you? Oh, that Christ might dwell in your heart by faith, and when you go, Christ goes with you, and people can see through your faith Christ in you, in your countenance, in your selflessness, in your security, in your love, as you walk as a Christian, people see Christ in you, right? That's, that's chapters 4 and 5. 
So yes, you're in Christ. Praise the Lord for that. But you live your lives like you're in Christ, right? That's the, that's the choice that we get to make as a Christian. Yes, I am going to reflect Christ by simply living according to his lordship, what his word says, not just doing what comes naturally to me. My lordship. Okay. Christ, we're in Christ. Christ in us, our position, our practice. And then finally, the last one, our enemy works tirelessly and masterfully against you in chapter six. So we've got chapters one through three, chapters four and five and chapter six. So what is our outline? What goes in the blanks? In Christ, with Christ, and behind Christ? You could make that work. That would preach, right, Wuggy? Okay, so position, practice, protection. Sit, walk, stand. Found, further fight. What do you guys think? What goes in the blanks? It's C, sit, walk, stand. Is that Scott on there? Scott. Yep. Oh, hi, Scott. I didn't see you up there. Scott okay. says it's sit, walk, stand. Yes, we stole this from Watchman Nee. Actually, he gave it to us. We didn't steal it. This is Watchman Nee's breakdown of the book of Ephesians. Sit, walk, stand. Seated in heavenly places. Walk like we should, starting in chapter 4. That's how it starts off. And then stand. Our enemy works tirelessly, so we stand against the devil. So, so that is correct. What's our score, Gail? Four to four. Okay, it's still the Glossers versus everybody. All right, so um, in terms of, of Ephesians chapter 6, if you look at that, verse 11 says, put on the whole armor of God. And so we talked about that, about the whole armor of God. Practically speaking, a against a masterful enemy, partial armor is the same as blank armor. Sufficient armor, armor, partial armor, girly armor, sorry, ladies, and no armor. Which is the, uh, the, the, the correct answer? Glossers? No armor. No armor. No armor. Okay, can you explain that, what that means? And it's because that arrow can sneak in to where there's no armor and you're done with. Yeah. So against a masterful enemy who can put that arrow wherever he wants, it doesn't matter if I'm missing a, a breastplate. That would be the big one. But if I, if, I, if I have my breastplate on but not my helmet, I'm still dead. If I have my breastplate and my helmet, but I, I don't have a shield. I, I'm in tr if I don't have my loin, loins girt with truth, he just hits my femoral artery. I'm dead. Now we need the whole armor against a masterful enemy because all a masterful enemy needs is one opening. You guys remember that, right? Okay. That is correct. Week nine Talked about, um, let's see here. Week nine, we talked, we did a grammar lesson. 
ye and you and thee and thou and and I don't know if you remember that. Ye is plural. The wise are plural. Ye and you are plural, depending on whether it's subjective or objective. And thee and thou, same thing. But put on the whole armor of God that ye all, ye might be able to stand. And so we as a group fight a spiritual battle. And we talked about a soldier in a spiritual battle. At some point, the soldier's own well-being must be blank to do the work of fighting the enemy. Our call to arms is to pick up the armor of God under his banner and join the, in the battle as God's people. We already have an enemy. We're already in a battle, but we didn't know this. You didn't know this when you got saved. Okay, and, and you kind of figured it out as you've gone, but, but we just said it. You are in a spiritual battle. You are part of God's army. You are to take up your armor and join in the work. Okay, at some point, the soldier's own well-being must be blank to do the work of fighting the enemy. So what goes in the blank? Maximized, protected, put aside, or self-actualized? Protected. No. Who's, who's, uh, who's, is this, this is you guys. Yeah. So Bill and Paulette, you want to mute before you discuss it. Cause otherwise you're going to give the other team all the answers. Oh, sorry. <laughs> all right. What do you guys think? What goes in the blank? We got two votes for put aside. Does that make sense? Yeah. That a soldier would have to put aside his own well-being to do the job of being a soldier? All right, let's see. That is correct. Put aside. So at some point, I, as a human being, have to say, you know what? It's worth it to me to put aside my own well-being and just simply present myself as a soldier to the Lord and say, here I am. I will be rank and file. I'll just take my orders and just submit to it, put myself under the mission. You guys see that? Submit. Under the mission. Submission under the mission. I will put myself rank and file in the Lord's army. And I'm just going to do what the captain of the host has told me to do, which again, evangelize and make disciples. And my job as a pastor, Wagi, your job, okay, all of our jobs is to simply take people who aren't evangelizing, who aren't being discipled or making disciples and we're supposed to reveal them reveal to them the truth what god has said and what god has done and we need to turn them into disciples and followers of jesus christ your neighbor is not evangelizing okay we'll fix that well how can they evangelize if they're not saved right fix that well they're not trained i know fix that 
Their lives are not actually bringing glory to God right now, are they? No, you need to fix that. Well, how can I possibly fix that? Okay, good question. Soldier, you need to start doing those things. We need to start doing those things. We need to evangelize. We need to disciple. If you aren't doing those things, your neighbor will never do those things. But if we will simply in faith put ourselves under the mission, what mission? The great commission that we are doing, and it's really God doing in and through me because I can't save anybody. I can't die for your sin. I don't qualify. Okay? I, I, well, I could actually die for you. I, just, I couldn't rise again, and it wouldn't do you any good. Unless I, like, took a bullet for you, and then you might get an extra, you know, 10 years or whatever. But, but you know what I'm saying. It's really Christ doing it. We just submit ourselves to the mission. That soldier, it's really the army doing it. The soldier's just saying, yeah, I'm willing to be a part. Does that make sense, you guys? But I have to put aside my own well-being. It can't be about me anymore. And if I would just encourage you with this, I know we got to get back to our quiz, but if I could just encourage you with this, why don't you quit worrying about your performance? Quit trying to be sinless, and why don't you just sign up to do what it is God's told you to do? So the prayer would be something like this. God, I'm never going to measure up. I don't think I'm ever going to reach sinless perfection, but here I am. I will be a part of evangelizing and making disciples of the living wall class. We're going to be talking about going out together as a class. The first Saturday of every month at 1130, there's a group that goes out on evangelism. We need to be a part of it. We need to go to the city market with Wagi and reach uh, Arabic speakers. We need to start doing this actively as a class. We need to restart our Bible studies. Okay, I ordered 500 invitation cards. I should be here on Sunday. Here's my Bible study. You're invited. Here's the time. Here's the place. Come on. Come join us, right? Invitation, evangelism, discipleship. If we're not doing it, then we can't really, in faith, you know, believe that we're walking with God when we're not doing those simple things that he sold us to. Okay, week 10. Loins girt with truth. Here's some notes from that. We talked about that. Girt your loins with truth. That's a, that first part of the armor to put on. You guys remember that? We, okay, John 17, 17. This is where we always go, and I think this is right. What is truth? Okay, well, the word of God is truth. Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth, but... But, 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 later in the armor, we're going to take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So the, the girding your loins with truth isn't just taking up your Bible. Because we're going, to, we're going to get to the Bible. That's part of the armor in and of itself. What does it mean to gird your loins with truth? Well, this is not just the Word of God. This is the walk of God. This is the walk of God in a believer's life, and it's really honesty, or we would say practical righteousness. 
I'm not claiming to have righteousness sufficient for salvation, but we are born into righteousness. The new creature is a creature of righteousness. We're supposed to live righteously in an ungodly world. And so one of the one of the, the things that we might do then is we would just pray honestly with God. Okay. I'd walk honestly. So I don't pray one way and live another way. We'll, we'll get to this more uh, later here. But how does the truth protect us? That's a good question. How does the truth protect us? And so, so here's the question here. The world is a system of A, greed, B, principalities, C, lies, D, stupidness. All of them. Yeah, there is no all of the above. This is a, what did we cover in class? Okay. Because, yeah, it's all, it, it is all of the above would be the best answer. Is this the glossers? Okay, yeah. glossers, this is you. What goes in the blank? I would say lies. Yes. Okay, mm -hmm. lies is correct. The world is a system of lies. The devil, he was a murderer from the beginning. There is no truth in him. He is the father of lies. Second Corinthians 4, 4 says he's the God of this world. So his world system is one of deceit. Hey, I'm concerned for you guys that you're going to be deceived by the devil, right? Okay, so... The world is a system of lies. We said it was like candy sprinkled over a minefield. You just go running after that thing, and next thing you know, everything blows up and your life is ruined. Yeah, okay, amen, right? That's, we've all been like, oh, yeah, I remember that. That turned out bad. I, I chased after something that promised satisfaction. It wasn't satisfying. It was a lie, and I lost 10 years of my life. I wasted a decade of my life chasing. And okay, truth protects us against the system of lies. All right, so the breastplate of righteousness is for the not glosser team. All right, righteousness can be hard to get your head around, okay, because we're not. None of us can claim righteousness sufficient for salvation. Salvation is by faith, not by works. But once we put our faith in Christ, we get the righteousness of Christ. He became sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. 2 Corinthians 5.21. So we didn't have righteousness, and we can't claim our own righteousness, but we can claim the righteousness of Christ positionally. Well, then I can also either walk according to self, unrighteousness, or I can walk according to the new nature, which is righteousness. So it's a little head. Can, can you admit it's a little hard to get your head around righteousness sometimes, anybody? Okay, so here's what we said in class, and this one's a little harder. Positionally, let's see, let me, let me see here. Okay. Positionally, the finished work of Christ imputed through faith. 
righteousness practically, the blank of the Christian through trust and obedience, and then personally, the fellowship walk. So we got the finished work, the fellowship walk. What goes in the blank in terms of practically? Is it the faithful way, the friendly walk, the fruitful walk, or the fleshly wish? Mm. Who's, is this, this is you guys. All right, so growths are on the Zoom here. And we've got the people. What do you guys think? Let me go back. We have the finished work. That's positionally. That's what Christ did on the cross, the finished work of Christ. The fellowship walk. I'm going to walk with God in terms of who he says I am. And then practically, the blank of the Christian through trusting obedience. Is this the faithful way, the friendly way, the fruitful walk, or the fleshly wish? You guys look stumped. I'll help you a lot. It's not D. There, okay. I'll help you a lot on that. Okay. A, faithful way. We've got one vote for A, two votes for A, three, we got a nod, three, two and a half votes. And A is correct, the faithful way. Yes, yes. It's hard when it's what did I put in the blank, not what the Bible says. Okay. So, we're still, uh, we're still tied up, right, Gail? Gloucester's versus everybody? Six to six. Okay. Shield of faith. All right, here's some, here's a question about the shield of faith. Faith is a shield that defends us from our spiritual enemy. Do not pray that you will never have battles and trials. Pray to be a faithful steward. Pray to be prayerful at his return. Pray to be generous or pray to be equipped. So what did we put in the blank? Or what did the note say? What did we cover? What makes sense? Glossers. I say equipped. Bill, do you concur? Yeah, pray to be equipped. Yes, pray to be equipped. It's silly to pray that you're never going to have a spiritual battle, soldier. It's like the guy that built the house to, house to withstand the hurricanes. And when the hurricanes came, his, his house was the only one standing. Then the news reporters reported miraculously that this one house was untouched by the storms and everything else was washed away. They interviewed the man that built the house, and this is what he said. Well, since hurricanes happen, we built this house with that in mind to withstand hurricanes. The whole thing is basically a concrete fortress built to withstand hurricanes. So the, 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 the newspaper headline said this one house miraculously untouched by the storm. Is that what happened? No, that house was equipped. That house was prepared for the storms. We as 
Christian soldiers, onward Christian soldiers, we're going to evangelize, we're going to make disciples. That, that's it. We're going to do what God told us to do individually and as a group, okay? Okay, understand there's going to be a fight. So get equipped. Don't pray that the storm will never come your way. Don't pray that you'll never have problems. Don't pray that the enemy won't attack you. Equip yourself for what is guaranteed to come. It's not hard if you're equipped. The house that's built on the rock withstands the storm. Okay. All right. So, prayer. This is you guys, right? Because like a house without blank. A house without prayers is like a house without people. A house without prayers is like a house without power. A house without praying people is like a house without power couplers. I'm supposed to say couplers, not couples. A house without prayers is like a house without a roof. D. Okay. Yes. A house without prayer is like a house without a roof. That's a that is a Charles Spurgeon quote. Yes. Yeah, there's no covering there if there's no prayer. Okay, glossers, the sword. The word of God is the blank of God. A, sword of the spirit. B, words. C, song of the spirit. D, spirit. Uh, sword of the spirit. Sword of the spirit. The word of God is the sword of the spirit of God. That is correct. Ephesians 6, 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, capital S spirit, which means what? The Holy Spirit. Yes. The, the, the spirit, the, the, uh, so yeah, which is the word of God. So very good. Then we talked about the word of God. Okay. If it is the word of God, that's different than it's the word of man. If it's the word of God, our response is not to form an opinion about it. Okay, so, so I could, without sin, in faith, critique one of you guys presenting, performing, I could say, well, I don't really like the way Gail, I, I don't really like his tone. I don't really like his inflection. I don't like the way Gail moved. I'm going to critique his performance and his words. I could do that, right? We do that subconsciously all the time. I don't really like the way the pastor did this. I don't really like the way praise and worship went. I don't like that song. Oh, I really do like that song. We naturally have critiques, and the problem is sometimes we'll take that and we'll, do the, we'll treat God's word like that. I really like the way the Apostle Paul presents this next section of Scripture as he speaks to the church at Ephesus. Okay, I just treated that like the word of man. I like the way the Apostle Paul 
presents this? Wait a minute. Is it the word of God or not? Because if it's the word of God, it's not my place to form an opinion about it. That's what you do on Facebook. You like something or not. If it's the word of God, our response is not to form an opinion what it says or how it says it or decide if we do or not to agree with it or ponder what the intent of the original authors might have been. Our job is to trust and obey it. We receive it as it is in truth, the word of God and not the word of man. You guys see how we fall into that trap of treating scripture like the word of men and not the word of God? We all do that. Okay, week 17. And we're ready for glossers, right? Yeah. Okay. All right, here it is. Just, I think we did sort of the spirit. Yeah. Or is it? We did they sort did of the spirit. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Their turn. You guys. Okay. All right, here's a hard one. Our goal is to blank, that is to not blank. We cannot blank unless we blank. We cannot blank without our spiritual armor. Once our armor is in place, we blank. All right, good luck. This was to be the tiebreaker, by the way. It's uh, staying involved. So there's only about one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, we need an answer. Lois says C. Our goal is to stand, that is to not fall. We cannot stand unless we withstand. We cannot withstand without our spiritual armor. Once our spiritual, once our armor is in place, we pray. That's what Lois thinks. Any other, uh, any other input there? C or D? We don't have. We got one D and one C. We need we need you guys to make a choice. C or D. Let's see, uh, stand. We have one C and one D. We got two C's. You guys are all hedging. Actually, you could make them. Most of them work. All right. What's your answer? I need a final answer. We got, we got two D's and two C's. Growth, you got something? Yeah, yeah. Am I part of the class or the glossers? Because I, you're part of the class. It's the glossers versus everybody. <laughs> no, I, I, I'd go with C. We got three C's, two D's. Any other votes? All right. C is your answer? C is correct. 
Yeah. So we get excited about the mission and the ministry, and we're like, I'm going to make it through LFBI, and I'm going to go out on a church plan, and I'm going to, and I'm going to, it's like, wait, hang on, time out, wait, just a minute. Take heed, ye that think ye stand, unless you fall. And, and the illustration was me riding my bike. I want to see how fast I can go. I actually was going pretty fast for a bicycle, 43 miles an hour when I tried to put on my brakes, which didn't work. And so 40 miles an hour when I went over the guardrail and I fell and it hurt. Okay. Falling hurts. Okay. I didn't need to go see how fast I could go. I needed to focus on not falling. Even pastors who are supposed to be all have all those characteristics mentioned in, in, in first Timothy there, even pastors they end up having moral failures way more than they should. Why? I think a lot of people they're focused on seeing how fast they can go and, and not making sure they don't fall. If we don't fall, if you continue on the path that honestly doesn't matter, how fast you're moving, honestly. Well, he just if it takes one year or two years, that it doesn't matter. Let's just get the job done. Let's just keep moving forward. Make sense? Let's keep evangelizing. Let's keep making disciples. If it takes one, two years and not one year for us to outgrow this space, I, I don't care. As long as the people that are supposed to be here with us are still with us. Where, where are those people that should be here with us that aren't? Well, they all have COVID right now, but, but you guys know what I'm saying. We, we need, don't fall. Don't quit. Don't go after what the world offers you. Evangelize. Make disciples. Okay? All right. That was a, that was a hard one. That was probably the hardest question. We're about to wrap it up here. All right, another Charles Spurgeon quote. So we are to stand praying, and we do that with our armor on. Praying with our armor on is different than praying without your armor on. Ephesians chapter 6, praying is talking to God. Okay, and we talked about how our prayers need to be, we need to be aligned with God. Okay, I can't ask God to do something that's not in tune with his nature. God, I want you to lie. Well, God cannot lie. God, I want you to give me something that's going to be ultimately bad for me. Well, God's a good father. He's not going to do that. Does this make sense? We have to, if our prayers need to be aligned with God and who he is and his mission that he's given us now, we're talking now. Okay, so prayer is the blank that moves the blank. Prayer is the armor of the Lord, which moves the, um, the army of the Lord. Prayer is the spinal nerve which moves the muscles of omnipotent God. Prayer is the nerve which moves the muscle of God's omnipotent. Or prayer is the slender nerve that moves the muscle of omnipotence. Which of these properly quotes Charles Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers? This is uh, Glossers. Go ahead. Uh, D. Pardon? Prayer is the slender nerve that moves the muscles of omnipotence. That is correct. What's our score, Gail? Uh, 
Glossers are ahead by one. All right, we got two questions left. Crane mm -hmm. like Paul. Paul had four steps to fruitfulness. Were they? Request, research, reveal, represent, intercede, invest, interact, invite, pray, prepare, present, represent, or supplicate, study, shout it out, and stand. It's a little tricky because any of these actually could probably work. What do you, what do you guys think? We have two votes for A already. A? A is correct. That's what we talked about. All right, last one. Gloucesters, you can win with this question. I know, but I'm out of questions. <laughs> Ask for prayer is not a sign of spiritual blank. It's a sign of spiritual blank. Inability, ability, ability, inability, independence, dependence, weakness, or wokeness? D. D, weakness, wokeness. D, weakness, wokeness. Oh, my goodness. It's like an NFL overtime game. Completely not fair, but it's just the way it is. Glossers win just because of the number of questions. But nobody missed a single question the whole time, and that's amazing. So. <laughs> Will. Oh. Yeah. So Will says that Bill Glosser has all the data because he 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 uh, keeps all the material. To which I would say, Hallelujah to you, more power to you, good job. Uh, you you are equipped and prepared. But I have something. I don't have any data. <laughs> Paulette says, well, I don't have the data. I'm just that smart. No, uh, I'm not that smart. Pay attention. <laughs> All right. Good job, Glossers. Listen. Hey, guys, listen. The mission is to evangelize yeah. and make disciples. My job is to get us to evangelize and to make disciples. Now, as simple as that is, it is a huge battle personally, interpersonally against the, okay, we have an enemy. We need to armor up. But it's really, if we could clear away some of the obscurity, some of the confusion, it's this simple. Are you evangelizing? 